Alright, it's been a minute. Welcome back to the Division 4 podcast. I think four months later than our last episode. We've missed a little bit, haven't we? Oh yeah, we've definitely missed a lot. We missed NBA Finals. We missed the start of the NFL season. We missed MLB playoffs. It's definitely been a minute. It's been a minute. We missed <laughs> nine weeks of the NFL season, which I was <laughs> excited to talk about, but you know, shit happens. Yeah. But, uh... Perfect time to get back into it. Uh, the Lakers just won the NBA championship. What is it, a month ago now? I feel the time's been flying, man. Yeah, it really has. The bubble went by so fast, too. Uh, crazy. And uh, we're now, what, a month away from the start of the next season? Yeah, December 22nd. It's coming up really fast. You had to get those Christmas games in. For sure. And with that, right in the middle, we had the NBA draft, finally, a couple months okay. late. Uh but interesting nonetheless. We had a couple of big prospects, people like James Wiseman, LaMelo Ball come to mind. And last night, it was kind of actually a crazy draft. Like people fell where I didn't think they would personally. Now, I'm not the biggest college guy. I don't think you are either. No, not really. Just more of a watch March Madness every year kind of guy. And there wasn't right. a March Madness this year. So this was actually <laughs> probably the least knowledgeable I've ever been about an NBA draft. Right, this is my. I have one chance every year to fucking know what I'm talking about, and they took it away from me this year. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, there are a couple things that came to mind uh, that caught my attention, at least. A like couple what? of really good picks. So, first of all, I, I've always been big on LaMelo Ball. I talk about LaMelo Ball all the time. I think he's going to be a stud. I knew he wasn't going to go first. But uh, I think he's the kind of guy that can do great things in Charlotte. Yeah, I think Charlotte really needed a guy like LaMelo. I think they needed a big name. Even if LaMelo doesn't work out, you know, he bust or whatever, I think mm-hmm. they really needed someone who has some star power. Because I don't know about you, but to me, when I look at all the NBA rosters, before the draft at least, and I think of the most uninteresting roster in the NBA, it's quite possibly Charlotte. I think it's almost definitely Charlotte. Not yeah. even another team comes to mind like that. So you're right on that. And I, I honestly, let's keep it real. I don't think that changes with LaMelo Ball, but at least there's a reason to watch a game. Yeah, exactly. At least it helps a little bit. It's a start. Yeah, so if I'm in Charlotte, I'm really happy with that pick. I don't think there was anyone better to take. I don't think they passed up on anyone. Wiseman and Edwards are the only two people that you could argue is better than Ball mm-hmm. as a prospect, and they were they were gone. Yeah, so I would definitely agree. Like, if you're Charlotte and you're third, I think you have the easiest choice of the entire draft because I'm pretty sure everyone would agree there was an easy top three, Edwards, right. Wiseman, and Ball. And so you can just pick whichever one falls to you, let the other two teams make the choice. Right, and there was a little speculation after that Anthony Edwards interview dropped that maybe the Timberwolves were going to pass up on him, but you just he was the number one guy for too long for that to just change. Yeah. So... Uh, the first three rounds, I think, uh, the first three picks, rather, the first round, rather cut and dry, but it started to get crazy right after that third pick. Oh, yeah. I don't think anyone expected Patrick Williams to go fourth overall. I know I didn't. I was firmly in the camp that thought Denny of Deja, or however you pronounce that part, and if I fucked it up. I think but, he did uh, good. Did I? Let's go. All right. So I thought Denny was going to be that number four pick. I thought it was a clear-cut top four going into last oh, night. But uh, he fell all the way to nine, and I was sitting in the call. You were there for a little bit. You were hopping in and out, but we were in a call watching this draft together, and every time 
someone passed on Denny, I was I was a little confused. Like, well, the next team has to get him, right? He fell all the way. He fell, what, five picks lower than he was supposed to or projected to? fell from four to nine. And a lot of people thought he might even go higher than four. There was a lot of smoke uh, that maybe he would be the disruption to the top three. And right, maybe and the Warriors was... would pick him. There was mm-hmm. a lot of smoke with him and the Warriors. But it yep. didn't happen, and he falls all the way to number nine, which I think is a very good pick for the Wizards. And he, yeah, great pick for the Wizards. Anytime you come away with a guy that, you know, is projected better than where you got him, I, I feel like you can't be mad because you're taking the best player available. And right. I know you can feel some type of way about the BPA strategy where you take the best player, but mm-hmm. at, at a certain round, it's like, yeah, maybe we don't need him, but. He is he, the fact that he fell to us is such an anomaly that at a certain point you have to take the guy. You know, it's yeah. not it's not the Bulls taking Lamelo Ball. God forbid he fell to four. That's not as big of a steal as Denny falling to number nine. That's insane. You have to take him at that point. Yeah, it's like when the Nuggets got Michael Porter Jr. You know, right. all the way to fourteen. Like you have to take a guy like that when they fall that far. You just have to, even if it yep. doesn't fit a need. I mean, it's the NBA. You can't draft for need in the NBA. If you have to make like, a trade and use that prospect, then yeah. go ahead. But you can't just draft for need. This isn't the NFL. And the Nuggets seem to be the best at that. They also did the same thing with Bol Bol last year. Yeah, they, they kind of did it this year. Uh, they did it this year with R.J. Hampton. Extent. But yeah, R.J. Hampton was definitely a guy that uh, had a lot of hype before the year and then kind of just fell off. But right. they took him and maybe they can make something, make something happen with him. Now, if I'm a team's front office... And, like, I pick a player, and the Nuggets decide they want to trade for him. I'm saying no just on the, like, the premise that the Nuggets want this player because they've been right about it two times now with Michael Porter Jr. and Bull Bull. If they see something, I want that fucking player. Like, Jesus. Deadass. I was thinking exactly that uh, while watching the draft. I Mm -hmm. saw when the Pelicans were going to take R.J. Hampton, and then I saw that they were trading it to Denver. And as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, well, if Denver wants him, we shouldn't have traded him. R.J. Hampton should be our guy now. So, anyway, besides the Nuggets, so, obviously, Denny fell for Patrick Williams, started the whole chain of this guy falling, which felt like, and uh, given my limited knowledge, felt like a reach, right? I'm not crazy here. Yeah, you're definitely not crazy. Uh, I think Patrick Williams was more projected in the 10 to 15 range, if anything, and a lot of people seem to think that he was a reach, but in this draft... It kind of gets muddled out of the top after the top three. You mm-hmm. could say after the top four if you were that confident in Denny, but a lot of people would say uh, after the top three it gets muddled. So I guess in that way, there's not really as big of a reach as normal. But I would still think Patrick Williams is a reach at four because I think you can just get better versions of him with just even the next couple of picks, like Isaac Okoro. Right, right, right. Okay, so I agree with you there. And Isaac Okoro, again... This is now, I'm treading into the water of, I'm just listening to Twitter on this one. What's <laughs> the deal with him? Some people seem to think it was a reach. Some people were happy with the pick. What do you know? Okay, Isaac Okoro, I know, is a really, really, really good defender. And that's like his okay. claim to fame. And he is one of those very, very switchable players. Uh, you can switch him on basically anyone. Not like the biggest bodies, but... Outside of that, he can switch on to anyone, really. He's got great quickness, so he's a really good defender. But the issue mm-hmm. with him is he can't shoot for shit right now. Uh, and that's his thing. If he learns how to shoot, if he gets into Cleveland and whoever their shooting coaches, 
teaches him how to shoot the three ball, he could be a future all-star. He has really, really okay. good defensive potential. He just needs to learn how to shoot. Okay, then I'm not mad about that pick if I'm in Cleveland. Uh, I don't want to go through the whole first round here, but I think we cover most of the lottery. So, Onyeka Okongwu was, uh, seemed like a pretty cut and dry pick, pretty good one. Yeah, Same goes he was for... one of my favorite players in this draft. Really? Okay. Same goes for Killian Hayes for me. I think seven is a very valid spot, and the Pistons is a pretty good spot for him to go. Definitely. The Pistons killed this draft, I think. Yeah, the Pistons did great, and, uh, I mean... In that dog shit organization, it doesn't really matter, but good for them. Sorry, Detroit fans. Had to win draft night, got to win something. <laughs> so the next pick is the one I really, I love this pick. I love Obi Toppin in New York. Yeah, it didn't really seem like he could go anywhere else and have it be such a perfect fit. I'm not like sure about Obi Toppin as a player, personally. I think he's one of those guys you see all the time that's like really good in college and then people are just worried if they're going to be good in NBA for whatever reason. And you've had mm-hmm. people like that turn into Steph Curry and be a two time MVP. Yeah. And you've also had, you know, Jimmer for and just <laughs> they completely wipe out and are just no offense to Jimmer, but shit. Uh, so I don't really know what to expect from Obi Toppin. Didn't exactly see a lot of him in college. It's like I said, I don't watch a lot of college. I've heard good things. I've heard he's a great scorer, and he's just really, really, really bad on defense. But if that's true, I think he can carve out a nice role for himself. You know, kind of like Danilo Gallinari has been been around the NBA mm. for a long time, despite not being able to play a lick of defense. He can kind of fit into that type of role, be a stretch big. I, I feel that. Uh, now, I might be talking out of my ass here, but he strikes me as like a huge kind of boomer bust guy. And oh, in definitely. my opinion... There is no better place to boom than fucking Madison Square Garden, man. Oh, yeah, and so. the guy's from New York. He's from Brooklyn. Right, 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 right. So it kind of came full circle. It's a perfect fit. I think every Knicks fan is happy about that. Mm-hmm. Given their shitty lottery luck, the fact that they still yeah. got a guy like this. I- I'm happy if I'm a Knicks fan right now. Uh, I've talked to my Knicks fans. They are ecstatic. Yeah, I can't blame them. I think at that pick, it would have to be either Obi Toppin or Denny. I think they could have got either one of those and been happy. But other than that, don't mm. really see it. Maybe Tyrese Halliburton, but I feel like those two mm. guys were the two they could have taken and been okay with. Okay, so yeah, I agree. And move on. Uh, obviously, we talked about Denny to the Wizards. We don't really need to go over that again. Jalen Smith, I don't know too much about him. He's not the most interesting mm. pick unless you got something you want to say. All I know about him is also from Twitter, not going to lie, uh, which okay. is that he is a stretch big, and they want to put him next to DeAndre Ayton uh, because he can shoot the three ball and stretch the floor, and Ayton can't. Right. That's about all I got. Yeah, so, yeah, about what I heard. He's a good fit if he's a good player. I just don't know yeah. his college career. So it's a good pick for the Suns if they develop. If he develops, to even be a mediocre stretch for. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and then Devin Vassell was somebody I thought was going to go a little higher, but the Spurs have lucked into a great player here. I like that pick a lot. Oh, yeah. I really like that pick with the Spurs. I think he is exactly what they need in certain ways. I think they didn't really need guards, and he's a guard. But Mm -hmm. it's kind of, you know, we're in the positionless basketball era, uh, and he can kind of play bigger than what his position is because he has a really big wingspan, and he's a great defender. And I think the Spurs really needed defense. So I think that was a really good pick for them. 
Yeah, I agree. And then uh, you go to Sacramento. The Kings took Tyrese Halliburton, who I thought was uh, probably a top 10 talent. But it was uh, not that it was the most loaded draft class, but there were a lot of good point guards. You know what I mean? A lot. Yeah. Depending on what you value, there was a different guard for everybody. So Halliburton was a guy that could go down to 15, 16 or go in the top 10. He fell. Weird fit in Sacramento, I think. I mean, they already had De'Aaron Fox. I guess... I'm not the way I think about the draft is probably a little dumb, but I feel like you don't draft a guy to play on your bench. But I don't know. Um, I, I feel like my drafts policy is literally just pick the best player. If they're not a great fit, then you know you can trade later. Uh, mm. It's not like the NBA doesn't have a lot of trading of assets going on. The NBA is the most trade happy league there is by far. I think. Right. Uh, but I mean, I like Halliburton. He was one of my favorite players in the draft. Uh, he's someone I would have loved the Pelicans to take if he had mm-hmm. just fell that one more pick. Um, but I think that was a good pick by Sacramento. I think it was best player available. Not sure yeah. how he's going to fit around Deer and Fox, but if they can't make it work, they can always trade him for someone else later. Right, and that, that was really my concern is how do you make this guy work? Deer and Fox, do you even try? Do you just trade him? I guess we'll see, but he's a good player. You know, Best of luck to him. And yeah, the I next mean, pick... Uh, I'm sorry, you got... Uh, I was just going to say, I was going to clown on the Kings a little bit. The last time they drafted for fit around De'Aaron Fox instead of for talent, they passed on Luka Doncic for Marvin Bagley. Oh, I I like Marvin Bagley, though. I mean, he's okay, but like, okay, if he was healthy, he's actually a good player. But he's already got the injury issues, first of all. But even if he was healthy, he's not Luka Doncic. Yeah, but the, nobody knew Luka Doncic was Luka But they could have taken Luka is the point. They could have had yeah, Luka himself. Knew. I don't know. I wouldn't, I'm not going to clown a team for not picking Luka Doncic because I feel like you can clown him all you want, but any reasonable GM probably takes Bagley there anyways. Are you sure about that? Because I feel like most GMs would have taken Luka. I, feel like Luka. I don't know. I feel like it was Luka versus eight for pretty much everyone. And then the Kings were just like, you know what? We want someone who fits More, with De'Aaron Fox. Let's take the big man. I don't know. I, I I get where you're coming from, but I feel like Luca. now he feels like he was such a short thing. Like, how do we not know that this was going to happen? But it's not like he was some generational guy that you want to take him over somebody that fits your team. Yeah, I mean, he definitely wasn't. Like, that's why he didn't go number one, obviously. Right. Uh, I'm probably a little biased in that I was really high on Luka before the draft, and I would have mm. definitely taken Luka number one if I was the Suns. I don't think the Suns did too bad for themselves there. I think Aiton's a really good player. Um, yeah. He's still not Luka either, but he's closer to Luka than Bagley is. Um, Fair enough. I can see why they would have passed on Luka, I guess, but this episode's not about Luka anyways. Oh, every episode's about Luka. It's his fucking <laughs> world bridge of living in it. But, you know, right. kick of the number 13... I like this pick. I, you know, we're both Pelicans fans. This was the dude I thought we were coming away with the whole time. Um, after the first twelve picks, I would have to agree. I don't really, yes. really see who else we would have taken. Maybe, maybe Aaron so, Naismith, but that's about it. Uh, let me rephrase because not like I was like a week ago. Like, all right, Kyra Lewis Jr. is our dude, but I had th- I originally thought Tyrese Maxey was the guy here. Or Vassell, granted he fell, you know, at around pick 10, I was like, yo, he might really fall to us. But Kyra Lewis, if we went guard, that was the guy I had assumed we were getting. 
And, but Tyrese Maxey going into the pick. I said it in the call, you know, and with the pick, I said Tyrese Maxey, and I was just dead wrong. Whatever. It's cool. Uh, this is an interesting situation, though, because obviously Lewis is a good player, and... But the Pelicans, after this Drew Holiday trade that we're going to get into in a little bit, their <laughs> point guard kind of loaded. Yeah, we have way too many cooks in the kitchen here in New Orleans. Uh, but, I mean... Kyra Lewis is definitely not the problem there. He is for sure going to be the one of the four that, or one of the five, sorry, one of the five that's going to stay. Um, Lonzo Ball is probably going to stay unless they got a really good trade for him. Um, but yeah, I mean, speaking of De'Aaron Fox, we just talked about him. Uh, mm -hmm. I've heard Kyra Lewis get compared to De'Aaron Fox a lot. Um, I love that. As he's kind of like De'Aaron Fox light. If he could develop into De'Aaron Fox, that would be a great fit with Zion. That would be an even better fit with Zion than Lonzo is. And Lonzo's a good fit with Zion. It's just, you know, it's kind of hard when your point guard can't run a half-court offense. And Lonzo can't because he has no handles. He has no mid-range game. Right. Um, and so he's kind of a tough fit with Zion once you're down to the half-court. Which is what's really going to matter come, you know, future playoff time. That's way down the road because the team's young and they're learning. But come playoff time, Lonzo's not going to be nearly as good of a fit with the half-court offense. I right. feel like and he's not a long-term solution. I 100% agree with you there. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a big Lonzo guy. I was super happy when he came to New Orleans. I, it's the Same. only fucking basketball jersey I own right now, actually. But I want to talk a little more about like the implications of the Drew Holiday trade after we get through the draft and then talk about my Lonzo theory and who's leaving, who's staying. But let's fly through the rest of this. We're 13 picks in. I don't think we have to go through the whole first round. I'm definitely yeah. not going, <laughs> treading into yeah. the second round here. I guess we could just talk about the couple big names left. Aaron Naismith, yeah. Bo Anthony, Sadiq Bey, maybe. Tyrese Maxey. That's about so it. So are there any picks here that stood out to you? Like this is a steal or this was a fucking choke job? Um, I think Sadiq Bay was probably still at 19 uh, for, I believe, Detroit. Um, which is part of the reason I think Detroit killed it in this draft. Mm -hmm. I think Cole Anthony... Not necessarily a steal, but like a big name to watch because, you know, he was hyped up as a possible number one pick before the year. Right. He was top um, three for a large part of the year. Yeah. And then he just like completely sucked at North Carolina. Was it a fluke? If so, um, him and Markel Fultz could be a good duo in Orlando because Cole Anthony does what Markel Fultz can't, which is shoot the ball. Um, so that could be a good fit if he decides to stop sucking at everything other than shooting the ball. Uh, other than that, no, not really. How about you? Uh, yeah, it's gonna obviously Cole Anthony's a name you look out for. I thought Isaiah Stewart was a reach and a half, honestly. But uh, I, you know, I don't know enough about that. But just based on the boards I'd seen, he was a guy that yeah. I didn't expect to go until the end of the round. I know uh, you were calling him for the Pelicans' second pick at twenty-four, and he went at right. 16, so, and he was my dude at twenty-four because you know I'm firmly team fuck Derek Favors, and <laughs> yeah. I wanted a center. Well, you know, whatever. Uh, I like the Sadiq Bay pick for the Pistons. I really like Tyrese Maxey, the Sixers. Oh, yeah. Forgot about that one, for sure. That's a really good pick. Uh, yeah, Zeke Naji is a cool pick for the Nuggets. And then I think my favorite pick of maybe the draft might be Desmond Bin at 30. 
going to the Grizzlies. I don't know what it is, but I, you know, I watched a little bit of the guy playing and uh, just the fit you need in Memphis to go with John Morant and them. And I don't know. I, I'm not thinking like he's going to be some all-star. We're going to be talking about Desmond Bain in the year. But I feel like he's going to fit that team really well and be a big part of their success next year. I like that pick a lot. Yeah. I don't know. You know, he's, he's like kind of the ideal fit next to Ja. Uh, as long <laughs> as he can play defense. I'm not sure because I'm not going to lie. I don't really know anything about his game. I'm just looking at right. his stats. Based off his stats, he's a really, really good shooter. Uh, he's a right. good rebounder for his position. Uh, and that's all nice next to Ja. You just got to hope he has defense. If he's a good defender. I think that's the perfect fit next to John. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, you're never going to be 100% right about these draft picks, but it yeah. it would not surprise me if Desmond Bain's a huge part of that team next year. The same way, like, we saw Grayson Allen. Am I remembering that right? Grayson Allen stepped up in the bubble. I might be mis- misremembering the name. Oh, no, you're not You're not misremembering. You're not misremembering. Grayson Allen. He stepped up like huge, right? Yeah, and I feel like Desmond Bain takes a similar role there as a guy who just shoots the fuck out of that ball and probably plays yeah. better defense than that one. So, you know, I'm excited for that one. Other than that, the draft scene's kind of... I'm interested to see how RJ Hampton turns out, especially on the Nuggets. But nothing else really catches my eye. Obviously, all these guys are good. And I love seeing a new generation of basketball come in, but we'd be you know here all day if we talked about everyone that got picked. And, uh, yeah. and I would run out of insight because i don't know anything outside of the first round for sure right <laughs> you know we started wearing it thin around pick number eight so <laughs> yeah but uh yeah nothing really catches my eye in the second round theo maladon is a guy i like and uh hopefully he's good and, you know another cool guy to see but i don't really have much to say about the rest of it so you want to move on to the drew holiday trade Let's move on to the Drew Holiday trade because all I really want to talk about is the Drew Holiday trade. Me too. You know, and that takes a special meaning for us because, I mean, I'm sure if you're listening to this, you have already caught on, but we are both Pelicans fans and we love Drew Holiday. This is a Drew Holiday stand podcast. Absolutely. The the guy's a beast and he's so good. And, you know, he was loyal to New Orleans, even in the darkest fucking Mm -hmm. days. And, you know, on one end, it's like, damn, he's gone, you know. But on the other end, it's like, I fucking hope he wins a ring. Because I know the Pelicans aren't winning a ring this year. Unless Jesus comes down and puts on a pair of basketball <laughs> shoes. You mean Zion? Oh, yeah. You know what? Jesus is already on the Pelicans. Exactly. But, uh, no, you get what I mean, though. We're a couple years yeah. away, so... If I want anyone to win a ring, it is fucking Drew Holiday on the Bucks, man. That, that dude deserves it more than anyone in the league. I can... Uh, as well, much as anyone 100%. in the league. I'm hoping for the back-to-back Pelicans trades resulting in championships. Uh, didn't really like the first one. Kind of salty no. that Anthony Davis won a championship. Uh, but I would love to see Drew Holiday win one. I'm going to be rooting hard for Milwaukee. And I know there's possibly some Pelicans fans out there who might be selfishly rooting against the Bucks. So, you know, Giannis leaves and then we get better picks from the trade. But like, I can't help it. I love Drew Holiday. I want to see that man win a ring. Hey, we can have the best of both worlds, man. Isn't it the next pick on, uh, not, uh it's going to be a good pick anyway. That's what I'm saying. If Giannis leaves or not, it's going to be a high pick anyway. So we uh, let them win a ring next year. Giannis leaves anyway. We get the best of both worlds, man. I'm not fucking worried. <laughs> and it's I three mean, unprotected picks, correct? Uh, yes. It's going to be, 
2023, I think is the first one, and then it's a pick swap in 24, and then it's unprotected in 25, then it's a pick swap in 26, and then unprotected in 27. So Giannis, even if he re-signs, if he re-signed for the Supermax for uh, five years, um, and then decided to leave after that, we would still have two unprotected first-rounders from Milwaukee that happened after Giannis left, even if he signed the Supermax with him. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I get it. I wouldn't be mad if they sucked. I'd feel bad for Drew Holiday. But I hope he wins a ring more than I hope we get value out of that next pick. Because sure. he, he's fucking given us enough, and he's suffered, and he's lost fucking <laughs> plenty of games for us. Yeah, now. and he's he's lost a lot more than games, too. The guy has, like, gone through a lot with injuries and his wife. Mm-hmm. He deserves it. Yeah, 100%. So, uh, best of luck to him there, and... uh well, let's talk about the implications, because if you're Milwaukee, you just traded away <laughs> everything. Do you do that if to make Giannis stay, like to hope he stays, or because you know he's staying already? That The first one would be my assumption, but there's been a lot of reports that Giannis has already agreed to sign the Supermax as soon as free agency starts, mm-hmm. uh, and that they're just you know doing the moves that he wants and to get the players that he likes because apparently he's a really big fan and he's big friends with Drew Holiday and also Bogdanovich, who we don't know if that's going to happen anymore. But um, Right. So I feel like you would think without any other knowledge that they're doing it to convince Giannis. But with all the other reports, with all the smoke around Giannis signing a Supermax, I feel like they're probably doing it because they already know Giannis is going to stay and they don't care about those future picks because... They think they're not going to be good picks, you know. They're going to be late rounders because they're going to be competing yeah. for a long time with Giannis. Yeah, and yeah, I understand both sides there. To me, if I'm uh, the Milwaukee Bucks front office, I'm scared to do it if I don't know he's signing that. But yeah, I don't know. There's a reason I'm not in the front office, right? <laughs> so no, uh, there's not a reason you should definitely be in the front office if you ask. Right? Me. Yeah, uh, Pelicans, what you doing? <laughs> yeah, fire David Griffin. He's doing terrible at his job, you know, getting I, getting us all these good players and all this flexibility. Yeah, fuck you. Fire him anyways. How dare you give us a good team? <laughs> yo, you would trade Derek Favors, though. That's I would. Yo, I would just cut him. I'd pay him the fucking salary <laughs> and just tell him to fucking leave. Just get care. the fuck out of here. That'd probably be the worst move in fucking GM Israel. I don't give a fuck. Get Derek Favors <laughs> off my team. Fuck you, Derek Favors. You know what? I'm not going to get into it. I can <laughs> picture you. This is gonna somehow this blows up one day and fucking I'm in a grocery store and Derek Favors recognizes me as you get my fucking ass beat. <laughs> Yo, Derek Favors is gonna hit the game winning three point shot against the Pelicans in the NBA Finals. Stop that, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be the first fucking game he's lost this. <laughs> True. He lost his like every game in the bubble. <laughs> Derek Favors slander aside. <laughs> <laughs> All in all, yeah, good trade with the Bucks. I think both sides win here. You can't be mad about yeah. the picks you give away if you come away with the ring for it, right? So exactly. Like I know if I was, if I was the Bucks and I was in their position, and I have this, you know, generational MVP superstar in Giannis, mm-hmm. I'm going to do everything I can to win while he's here, because absolutely. You're not you're not gonna get a guy like that again necessarily. I mean, it can happen. Like you can be the Spurs and go from David Robinson to Tim Duncan to Kawhi Leonard, but 
It's not guaranteed. Yeah, but you're not going to be. Hmm? You, just, you just assume you're not going to be. Yeah, exactly. You yeah, just, if you bank on that, you're a fool. Yeah. Give everything to winning with Giannis. If you don't win the title and then Giannis leaves, so be it. At least you tried. Kind of like the Raptors trading for Kawhi Leonard. I really respect that and really respect going for it. I feel like you have to when you're not, you know, the traditional NBA market that free agents want to go to, like the right. Lakers or Celtics or Heat. 100%. Yep. So, I think that's about all we can say about that trade mm-hmm. for now. There's another um, big one, though. There is another big one, and I fucking love this trade. Oh, my God. A big-ass smile on my face when I read it. Chris Paul to Phoenix, man. Mm-hmm. I really like that trade, too. And I like it for both sides because, yep. I mean, if you're the Thunder, you kind of just took Chris Paul on as a salary dump. And then he plays good. He leads you to the playoffs, and then... You get to turn around and trade them for Ricky Rubio, Kelly Oubre, and picks. And then you get to flip Kelly Oubre and Ricky Rubio for more picks with Minnesota and Golden State. Did they flip Kelly Oubre already? Yeah, they traded him to Golden State earlier today. Oh, oh, good for him. Wow. I guess that's going to be their Clay Thompson replacement, considering, you know, Clay Thompson oh, is... Poor Clay Thompson. Uh, I'll get, I'll yeah. get back into that in a minute. Let's talk about just the Chris Paul fit in Phoenix. Uh, him and Devin Booker's a nasty duo if he plays anything like he did last year, right? Oh, yeah. That's going to be a really nasty backcourt. I mean, thinking about it, is there even a better backcourt in the NBA since Klay Thompson is injured? I I might just be missing someone. It might be drawing a blank. but And I'm sure we are, but uh, the point is the fact that we can even say that about a fucking Phoenix backcourt is insane. <laughs> you know, what's even crazier is I saw... Um, OKC was like working with Chris Paul to help him get to somewhere he wanted to go. Chris Paul chose to go to Phoenix. He wanted to go to Phoenix. I love that. That's crazy to me. Like I would have never expected that. that, but I love it. I think uh, Chris Paul's probably kind of hit a point of realization where he knows he's not getting that ring. Mm-hmm. So legacy-wise, the best thing to do is just to go fucking ball with the rookie and just be dope for another year. Yeah. I can see that. I mean, the thing with Chris Paul is he kind of dug his own grave in that. Like, he could totally play on a, a team that's competing for championships, but Not like with that contract, forty though. million dollar contract. Right. Yeah. No contender wants to trade for that. So, I feel like his role is best served as you know, kind of that guy to mentor the young guys and lead them to mm-hmm. their first playoffs and so on and so forth. At least until his contract's over. Once his contract's over, maybe he can ring chase a little bit. But right. For now, um, I think he's definitely got the right fit point on. We'll see what his window is after this year. You got to think the guy's getting old, and even though he did just hoop for a full fucking season, you don't know. And he, you yeah. know, shit happens I mean, when you get old. There's a reason but... Houston traded him. Right. So, uh, it's, I, I just, I'm excited. I can't help but, like, I'm just excited to see that work, and I hope it does. And as I, you know, barring any significant fucking bad luck it will work and that team's gonna be nice and that team's going to make the playoffs i mean i think so too like just based off filling then you look at the roster actually with the clay thompson injury i feel like that probably makes it way easier for phoenix to make the playoffs um but still you have let's see here you have both la teams you have um the thunder are probably not going to make it anymore because you know they're blowing no. it up, so you have 
the Rockets for now, like they're still going to make the playoffs as they are for now, but there's a lot of trade rumors going on over there. Um, you have the Warriors, if they can still make it back without Klay Thompson. You have the Blazers, you have the Pelicans, you have the Spurs, the Suns. Uh, who else is in the Western Conference? Why can't I think right now? Um, the Nuggets. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get your point. Yeah, yeah. it's tough. Mavericks. But... Let me ask you a question. Okay. And this is not me trying to, like, put one over on you and be like, hi, I got you. I'm genuinely asking because I don't really know a lot about OKC. Do you think without Chris Paul they make the playoffs last year? No. Do you think without Chris Paul... Their roster last year is better than the Suns' roster without Chris Paul last year. Oh, good question. Okay, let's see. The Suns' roster now, so without Rubio or Oubre, because, I mean, they're not going to be there with Chris Paul. Okay, so Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, um, Mikael Bridges, who else would they have had? Um, Aaron Baines, so on and so forth, versus Steven Adams, Shea Gilchrist-Alexander, uh... Danilo Gallinari. I think that's pretty close, honestly, without Chris Paul. I think they're pretty right. similar. And then you add Chris Paul to the Suns, and he just led that Thunder team that really wasn't anything special to a six seed? Uh, five seed. Five seed, yeah. They're making the playoffs. I will fucking sign my name to it now. I, I, I will die on that hill. They will make the playoffs. Okay, I'm not going to go that far because, I mean, part of that is that Chris Paul actually stayed healthy for a full season for once. And okay, well, sure. obviously I'm gonna fuck, I'm not going to die on that hill if he tears his ACL week one, yeah. but healthy Chris Paul, they're in the playoffs, and you can come back to this in fucking six months or whatever yeah. the fuck the season ends. I mean, I would and, agree. If he's healthy, I think they're going to make it. I think... There's going to be a lot of really good teams in the West next year that are going to miss out. And I think yeah. the, our Pelicans are unfortunately going to be one of those. Um, yeah, it scares me, but I, I think the best they're getting is an eight seed. Uh, yeah, agreed. I think, you know, I don't think the Warriors are going to make it without Clay. I don't think Steph is enough. Uh, I think Steph's enough. You do? I do. I mean, that's fair. Like, it's not like he hasn't proven his worth before he's yeah. a two-time MVP. I just, I don't know if it's enough for them to make the playoffs in this West. Just Steph and the washed-up corpse of Draymond. I know, mean. <laughs> I, I feel you. Uh, yeah, it's a valid concern. I just, I'm the kind of guy where, like, uh, like Steph Curry, I have no, I have unwavering faith in him as a player, even, you know, without Clay, without KD. Yeah, I mean, he's earned it, so I get it. Right, so we'll see, and I think Wiseman's one of those guys that comes up and makes a difference right away, so. That's also fair. Um, If Wiseman is an impact rookie and comes in, I mean, that's obviously huge for them. It definitely helps their chances, so can't argue with that. It also probably helps Draymond get his shit back together when he's not the only competent player on that court. He wasn't competent last year, but we thought he was going to be the only (laughs) competent player on that court. Yeah, I I think that's fair, too. Plus, I guess you have everlasting potential of Andrew Wiggins, who's totally going to turn it around at any moment. <laughs> yeah, say that shit and come back when he wins MVP, <laughs> Whoa, MVP this year. <laughs> He's going to average KD numbers. He's the new KD. Oh, my God. All right. So, yeah. You know, the West is tricky and the East is not. 
And at the end of the day, some very talented teams are going to make it out or make it in, make it out. And some very bad teams are going to make it in, make it out. And it's going to be a clusterfuck, mm-hmm. as always. Yeah. But, I mean, in the end, because it's the NBA, and the mm. NBA always has the best teams make it. No matter how much of a clusterfuck the bottom of the playoffs are going to be next year, how much do you want to bet? We're going to have a final four that's some combo of the two L.A. teams and Denver on the western side. And then the eastern side is probably going to be some combo of Milwaukee, Toronto, uh, Miami, and Boston. I mean, it's like 100% going to come down to those teams, you would think, right? Yeah, no no one else comes to mind. I, I, there's some teams that can sneak their way in there. Like, we probably don't say that about the Heat. Yeah, this that's year. fair. I mean, like, that happens sometimes. It doesn't happen as much as in the NBA as other leagues, but there is a team that can kind of sneak in there, like the Heat. Oh. With that said, I did have the Heat in the finals. I did. I did. I'm not, Listen, I'm not the kind of guy that brags when I'm right, but I'm going to fucking brag when I'm right. <laughs> I said it. I have proof. You can fucking... You can ask me. All right, dog. All right. Clearly not too happy about me being right. I get it. I got it. No, it's cool. No, get it out of your system, buddy. Go ahead. Gotta love dogs. Gotta love dogs. Clearly not a fan of the podcast. Okay. No, that's cool. <laughs> no, no, those are cheers. She's, she's hyped. I had to say about the heat. Yeah, she's stoked. Yeah, yeah whoa, Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> <laughs> she's on the Andrew Wiggins MVP train, too. <laughs> 30 points per game. <laughs> 10 rebounds. MVP level defense. <laughs> well... I think uh, dog barking is a good sign to do what I think we were both thinking about. We've probably been going for a little bit too much here. Is there anything I'm missing? I think there's the main two things we want to talk about, draft and trades. Uh, yeah. I mean, our next episode will be after free agency starts. So, like, that's when mm. all the, the big stuff's going to happen. Um, and now, uh, you got anything else? No, I, I think that'll do it unless you wanted to, like, talk Quick. about Bogdanovich, but I guess... No, fuck him. I don't care. (laughs) Yo, fuck Bogdanovich. I I just just made the one Bogdanovich fan very fucking angry. (laughs) He's gonna find this podcast somehow, some way. It's gonna be really bad. I know. I I hope that trade works out. It'll be another good piece for the Bucks. But just before we wrap up here, we're getting close to the 40-minute mark. 60-second recap of everything we've missed in the last fucking 120 days or whatever. Uh, We're now into the NFL season. Go Bills. Uh, Drew Brees' career likely over, question mark? Probably. Robinson Cano on PEDs. Who would have thought? Everybody. Wow, shocked. Uh, Lakers won the, Lakers won the final. Dodgers won the series. And big uh, happy in LA. Yeah. I guess that wasn't 60 seconds. Anything else? <laughs> um, uh, Patrick Mahomes still good. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes still great. Tom Brady looking good in Tampa Bay, unless he's playing New Orleans. And uh, Christian McCaffrey still like a top five fantasy back after missing half the fucking season because he's just that good. What a fucking what a stud. Yeah. uh, Oh my god. So uh, yeah, I think I think it's a good year for sports. Granted, it didn't get off to the best start, but we had some fucking exciting seasons now. Oh yeah, I think um, I think the NBA bubble was kind of the start of the turnaround. NBA bubble was yeah. good. 
and then since then, MLB kind of had less of the uh, entire teams contracting COVID. NFL's done pretty <laughs> good so far, other than the Titans. Yo, fuck the Titans. Um, yeah, that was horrible. Yeah. So I think right, everything's so- starting to get closer and closer to normalcy. It's obviously not there yet, but we're getting there. Yeah, and uh, that means we'll have some more shit to talk about. And before we wrap this episode up, I just have one message I really need to get out there. Get it out. Fuck you, DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> Ever lost three of my defenders like that again, there's going to be hands. <laughs> I don't care if I get my ass beat. There will be fucking hands. As soon as I saw sent to me? You know how many times that Christian sent to me this week? Uh-oh. <laughs> fuck Kyler Murray. Fuck DeAndre Hopkins. Yo, I don't want to hear it. You know, this, is, th- this is the guy. Okay, you guys don't know this. This is the guy that just randomly says to me sometimes when we're talking. He just says digs and all kinds digs! of Digs! Sideline! <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I love DeAndre Hopkins. I'll fucking kill you. All right. <laughs> if you're listening, thank you. Follow us on Twitter at Division 4. Wait. Oh, it's been so long I forgot our Twitter. Follow us on Twitter at Division 4 Pod. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're listening on SoundCloud, check us out on Spotify. Listening on Spotify, check us out on SoundCloud. Skyler, you got anything you want to say? Uh, we will see you in the next episode. We can't say next week anymore because we don't really fucking know. Yeah, I mean, probably <laughs> Tuesday, but like... <laughs> Soon! Soon, TM. Alright, later. Later.